0: So this is a podcast I didn't think I'd have to do. Um, any number of reasons why. But the main one was, I thought John would do really well in the Ultimate Boxer Tournament. Hand on heart. When we spoke about it, I was pretty confident he was one of the three names that could win it. And it's rare, because normally you're like, well, if the draw goes his way and this goes his way, I was like, no. That's not the case. And there are a number of reasons why. You know? And you... Before a tournament, you try and use your intelligence to work out where the threats are, where the threats are. The main threat for me was always going to be Nick Webb because Nick Webb still has that, that equalizer in the big right hand. And you go through all of this and you go, okay, I think it's a winnable tournament. Not that he's guaranteed to win, but it's a winnable tournament. And I'm sure and someone will correct me otherwise. I'd done a podcast where I said, when it's all done, I'll talk you through what goes on. And I thought it'd be from a better position than it actually is. But, jeez, here goes. In boxing, you have off nights. You have nights where you don't look like the boxer you are. You have nights where you don't look as good as you did in the gym. It's not unusual. It's not ridiculous, nor is it remarkable when it happens. But I know a lot of people expected a lot from John Pallotta. Quite rightly, too. He's very talented. I think it's universally agreed within that kind of subset of humanity that we inhabit called boxing that he's a pretty talented guy among the seven other competitors look he had beaten chris healy pretty easily over six rounds and he had spotted nick webb over six rounds and handled nick webb pretty easily to the point where it was a fight he wasn't scared of it was a fight he was looking forward to so there was nothing there camel sokolowski struggles with guys who are reasonably skillful and then the rest were all unknowns right and, and so this is a relatively easy thing, right? Win your first fight. Second fight, everyone's knackered, so now it's about skill and fitness. Third fight, who wants it the most? Is broadly how you break this down. But if you don't perform in fight number one, there is no fight number two, and there is no fight number three. And John didn't perform. I spoke to him not that long ago, actually, probably a few hours ago, and he'll happily admit he didn't perform. He looks at his performance and he's like, I don't know why I was so flat in there. I don't know. And if he doesn't know, God knows, I don't know. know? But you can look at all the small factors that go into a performance like that. And that was always what I wanted to share with people is that what is that process and how can it go really right and how can it go really wrong? So the first thing I did was talk to people who had been in the prize fighter before. And the general view of the people was the first fight you might have to go to war. Like, don't try and outbox them because there are people fighting for emotion. There are people fighting for that last paycheck. There are people fighting because bills are due next week and they need that money. So actually, the first fight, people assume you have to be super skillful to win that first fight in a tournament. And that's not necessarily true. So if you look at that, look look at the guys who, who were meant to be the better boxers of the lot. Uh, JP Camel Sokolowski and Nick Webb JP lost Sokolowski lost Nick Webb lucky to get through why? because they were up against people that had nothing to lose and therein lies the challenge when you're in with people who have nothing to lose you have to know how to deal with that so Sokolowski against Ah, Josh Sandon, who beat Dominic Akinladi with the same approach where he just came in and it was I'm prepared to just fall over in this ring and you can't compete with that mindset unless you're prepared to go to that place I think, who's the lad that JP fought? Danny Whitaker. He came and said damn I've had two fights if I get one win here this takes me into a whole new stratosphere and it happened for him and what John didn't do and him and I have spoken about this, is he didn't go, okay, if you want to fight, we'll fight. Forget all the pretty skill. Forget everything else. How about we just stand in the middle of the ring and bang out? But when we talked about the plan eight weeks before the tournament, yo, get that sparring in where you're going to have to just bang out sometimes. You know, with people you know you find it hard against. There's a kid called Jamie Shakiva who's a nightmare for everyone. If you can hold the ring against Jamie Shakiva, you'll win. But that didn't happen for whatever reason. And there are all of these elements that can contribute to it. But ultimately, what I think is you need to be in environments that challenge you consistently. You, know, you have to be around people that make you feel uncomfortable. You have to have a couple of bad sparring sessions. You know, You have to have your backside handed to you every so often. So you remember why you train so hard. You remember why you stay alert. But in truth, preparing for one of these things is easy. You're a professional athlete capable of doing 10 to 12 rounds. So all you're doing in camp, in an eight-week camp, week two, week four, week six, you're simulating the tournament. That's all your training session is. You're simulating the tournament. Week two, you ain't going to look that good. Might be a bit of a struggle cool, week four you get better, week six, you should be saying to yourself, I'm comfortable here, I can do this, standing on my head, week seven you taper down, and that week of the fight, you're just kind of just, you I mean, you're just holding it together. But over eight weeks, when you're told, this is easy, this is light work, you're better than this guy, you're better than that guy, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, that's what can happen. You can actually think, ah, it's not going to be that hard. Whereas, all the other opponents, when they hear Steve Buns pronounce John Palata the favourite, are like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, okay, you give me John Palata, I'm going to take his head off. I'm going to let him know he's in for a fight. So everyone, now he's become the target. Maybe if he'd had Sokolowski in the first fight, it would have been different. But you had a kid who had nothing to lose. And when you have a kid who has nothing to lose, you've got to be able to adopt that mindset and say, no, 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 I can't let you take that off me. Fight night's not the time to do that. That's why you have the hard sparring sessions. So you know what you have to do to win control of a fight back. And I'm not going to make excuses because I wasn't happy with the performance. He wasn't happy with the performance. On the night, it just didn't happen. You know, you go into a fight and you've been told you just got to outskill the guy for the first fight. Mm, Not that simple. Like, look, everyone's got three three three-minute rounds in them for that first fight. That's all they've trained for. The time to be skillful is fight two or maybe fight three. Fight one, stand them, bang out. Like, ah, Jay McFarlane did that. Jay McFarlane said, listen, we're going to bang out. One of us is going to drop. Unfortunately, it didn't work for him because he couldn't sustain that. But that's the approach sometimes you've got to take. But you've got to be able to meet that and go, actually, we can can both go at this. Retreating to the ropes does not win you these tournaments. These are all things that were discussed. But I wasn't that close to the camp this time. So I didn't have any direct input into how the camp went. Maybe that's the lesson that I've either got to make sure John has the knowledge in him to then drive those sorts of things forward. But it was just one of those things. And every time I try and find what went wrong, I can't. Because John Palazzo from 2016 could have gone into that tournament and got to the final. He didn't need that much. But sometimes I think you just take your eye off the ball when everything you hear is about how much better than everyone else you are. And maybe that's what happened. You get a bit overconfident. And then when the fight goes the way you hadn't planned for, you don't have a plan B. That was probably the more, more disheartening bit where there was no change between round one and round two. But you package that up, you learn, you move on. The real thing that's tough, actually, is how do you bring someone back from there? You know, John's had to go and watch guys in his head he thinks he can beat, go on and win a tournament get to the final, get to the semis, whatever. But it's on him to now reverse that and say, well, now that that hasn't quite worked out for me the way I wanted, now I've just got to go and do it the hard way. I've literally just got to go and, I mean, take heads clean off their shoulders. And that's the challenge he has. I'm always there to help and support that, but now that's squarely on his shoulders. Does he really want to stop the next four opponents, just knock them clean out? And if he does, then it's the heavyweights. He's back in contention and he's got the tools to do it. So I I'm pleased in that sense because you know the the path forward's there. But I'm I'm not happy because he's not happy, you know. He, I spoke to him straight afterwards he wasn't in the best of spirits, which I understand gave him a few days we spoke today and he's in far better spirits because he can see the way forward, but he knows it's a long road back. But you know, this is what defines champions, I guess. You gotta come back, you know, bigger, better, stronger, and, and he will do. But those of you who've been close to fighters will know this is a horrible time to be you know, I mean close to someone, friends with someone, like it's horrible because there's nothing you can say. It's all internal. Replaying the fight, replaying moments. What could I have done here? What could I have done there? Where did I miss out? And you just think, ah oh, man, you know? It's tough. Now you gotta face everyone after you said you were gonna do XYZ. Now you gotta face people. And to give John his due, he he did the, the Instagram video, but you know the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. And I, I hope I hope I hope this is what stoked the desire to say, look, look how close you were to getting into that position where your peers are. Because remember who his peers are, Craig Richards. Andre Sterling, Dan Aziz, Umar. These are all John Palatas' peers. So he wants to get to that level where he's like, "Look, we're we a group again." And it's going to be tough for him. But look, everyone can come back, and I hope he does. I really does because he's talented and he, he's he's a good guy. I know people say, "Ah, oh, he was overconfident in that interview." I don't think he was. I think like once you, once you're getting ready for a fight, the last thing you want to do is have that conversation. But you look, you live and you learn, right? Next time we have a better understanding of what the fans want to see before a fight. But actually, the main reason I wanted to do this was, and I wrestled with this, because I said I wanted to take a break, but I also remember saying, you should be visible in victory like you're visible in defeat. There should be no difference in how you are there you know Whether you're taking the praise or taking accountability, whatever it is, you should be visible. And this is my time to be visible because if you think about it, over the years, depending how long you've known me, I've had some hits and I've had some misses. I thought Anel Massey would run through the, the mid-tier of British and European light, lightweights. It hasn't quite gone that way for her, but I think she's still got a chance to do it. But I had to take my lumps on that. Now I'm taking my lumps on John, which I'm okay with, because I've said a lot. And when people now look and go, nah, Terry, I don't see it, my friend. I really don't see it. I can't tell them they're wrong. Because now they've had a chance to see with their own eyes and make their own opinions. And I have to live with that. And I'm okay with that. And I thank everyone that was positive. Even the people who criticized the performance were positive. Understanding, empathetic, all those good things which I thank God that I have that sort of group of people in boxing around me because they understand I'm not the guy in the ring. Number one. Number two, nor did I oversell this guy. I never said he was going to be a multiple-time world champion. Now all of a sudden you're looking at me like, what? But I do know what I said. And in terms of what I said, it was invisible on screen on Friday night. And that's a fact. But what I take comfort from is I don't always get them right. And for a long time I've always said this but I give you my view on people, and then they go on to either prove it or disprove it. Dan Aziz is an example. Andre Sterling an example. Craig Rich is an example. Zach Chelly, another example. Louis Lin, another example. All guys who've had various ups and downs, right? But when I said before, and this is all before they turned pro, maybe not so much Craig, these guys are going to be damn good fighters. A lot of guys have proven it. Sometimes it's just about the right opportunity at the right time. So I'm not going to stop telling you I think someone's going to be a good fighter. Whether they're my friend or not is irrelevant. I trained John before John became my friend. Like I've known John since 2012. And I'd have trained him then if he wanted to make the move, but it didn't it wasn't the right time, but when it was the right time we worked together. Then how many fights we had together? 18. John lost 3. Fraser Clark Split decision on Fraser Clark's home show. Team GB number one super heavyweight, you'll take that. Courtney Bennett, current GB champion. They trained. They trained with each other in the gym consistently. And Courtney starts all wrong for JB. You take that. Jamie Shakiva, nightmare for anyone. Has some brilliant names on his record. You take that. All three of the names I've just mentioned have international vests. So you take that. So my my time and my record is above question. Like Those sorts of averages are what get you into GB. Let's not forget that. So in terms of what I've done, that's fine. And I'll, I'll continue to say, here's someone I think is super talented. Here's someone I think can go far. I might be wrong, I might be right. I don't know. But that's the fun. It's the roller coaster of boxing and that's what makes boxing interesting and exciting. What would be sad is if anyone was out there tweeting, gloating when John lost, not because they don't like John, because they can't possibly know him, but those people who were gloating because it was, well, that would teach Terry to make these predictions. I can't imagine being any more of a bitch than using someone's defeat as a as a means of taking shots at someone it's it's embarrassing it's not very i don't think it's what grown men do i don't think you can have an ounce of testosterone in your body i think that's an acceptable way to behave it's disappointing but look to many people i'm a friend to many people i'm an interesting guy to many people i'm a dick to many people i'm an idiot but to a handful of people i am a hero I do a website, does really well. People want to copy it. I jump on a podcast, does really well. People want to copy it. All the things I do, people want to copy. And then when they get cut away from that situation, they're like hurt fans, ex-girlfriends, you know, just become bitches. But it is what it is. These shoulders are broad, this skin is thick, so I can keep taking the shots. All I can say is going forward, I wouldn't change anything, no need to. You guys enjoy what I do, and as long as you enjoy what I do, I'll keep doing it. Sometimes I'll be right, and I'll be okay with that. Sometimes I'll be wrong, and I've learned to be okay with that too. You know? So hopefully, you know, that's me just, that's my mayor culpa, that's me coming out saying, yeah, I'm aware of what happened on Friday, and I have to take ownership for the things that I said over the weeks, months, and years, which I have done. And I'll continue to do so. I'd wish I could take a break and just, you know, chill out and stuff. But, you know, you've got to be... You've got to act with honour. You've got to act with integrity. So you've got to take your lumps when they're due. Thanks, guys. Um, don't even know what to add to that. But let me know what you think of the new theme music, though. I thought I'd just switch it up a bit. You know, 2020, just looking to be a bit happier. Do something different. Um... Definitely looking at getting a bit more focus in the training stuff, man. Like, I just don't think there are many people at my level in terms of training fighters. So, objective one, find a premises. Anyone that knows where I can find a reasonable premises in terms of rent location and stuff, just let me know. (laughs) Let me know. I just need it for about three or four evenings a week. Get some savages in. Get the training done. You know what I mean, we can then we can negotiate how much that's going to cost. But if anyone knows of any properties anywhere, hit me up, DM me, whatever it takes. London, outside of London, we might even gamble. Just let me know, okay? And then 2020, when we'll make miracles happen. Cheers, guys. You take care.